About the Church podcast episode number 56. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. My name is DG Hollums. And here there is no extra charge for awesomeness. <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> Alright, so yes, I did go recently and watch the whole Kung Fu Panda. Thing. It was awesome. I absolutely love that movie. It's a good movie. So, DG, welcome back. Thank you. Thank I, you. The GSPN headquarters looks especially wonderful today. Well, thank you. I, I did a whole lot of uh, nothing <laughs> different, but thank maybe you. Maybe it's just your presence. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's because I finally emptied the trash can yeah, that, that, that was mounding you know, up to the ceiling <laughs> with Diet Coke cans. Nice. The fuel of the future. All right. <laughs> so oh, I hope everybody's doing good today. I, I, I think today is a good day. It yeah. is. It is. Uh, finally, it's it's finally like that fall, real fall like weather here in in Cincinnati. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool because I enjoy the fall weather, and I was not a fan of having you know seventy eight degree days in the middle of or in the beginning of November. But definitely, but. I love it cold, though. This is what I'm saying. I mean, I just, I, I, well, I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. It's just like a lot of, like, there was a weather guy on the NBC local station here that always made jokes about how horrible cold weather was, how bad snow was, blah, 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 blah. And I literally, I wanted to send an email and to send a letter to the entire station saying, please shut the guy up because other people really, really like snow. They enjoy skiing. They have fun in the snow. It really frustrated me. Can I tell you, um, Stephanie and I have been on a massive spending freeze recently. I mean, like, well, nice. not recently for this year. We've been on a massive <laughs> <laughs> recently, uh, but we've been on this massive spending freeze. And and last night no- or not last night, but uh, this weekend, I made the first not absolutely necessary purchase of the year. Oh, which is huge for me. Can I can I just say that because wow. you know unnecessary purchases were a, were a common thing for a very long time, <laughs> even when we were on a budget and right, right, and stuff. Right. Sure, we we bought you know and we had the money to spend on it. Uh, but th- this month we you know the budget being tight as it is and you know we just don't buy things that aren't necessary. We we made room in our budget for one unnecessary item that I am just very excited about. Nice. It is one of those toothbrush. Ca- oh, did you? How'd you know? I know. Did Stephanie tell you? I can read minds. I no. never tell anybody that. It is. <laughs> it is uh, one of those cast iron fire pits. Oh, like for outside? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's one where you, Do can, you have it. Yeah, you've got a deck. Up, up, yeah, up but I, I'm I'm not crazy about putting a, one of those fire pits on on a deck. You know, oh. I, I just. Being an insurance former insurance agent, it's just not something that that is appealing to me. But I do I do like the uh, I, I do like the mobility of being able to you know stick it out on the on the on the uh, concrete out on the uh, driveway, or oh, yeah. having it in the backyard, or or yeah, basically sure. if you go for anywhere, you can just kind of take it and have a yeah put it in the back of the truck or whatever else. And yeah, but uh, last night I built my first fire first real fire in it. 
And oh, in it. Okay. Yes. Like, really, that's the first time you've ever built a fire. No, but I. But and <laughs> you lived a really depraved childhood. Yeah. But here's the here's the funny part is I was by myself, so I just sat outside for about an hour and a half, two hours with my fire pit going, just sitting there in the quiet of nice of of just the night, and it was actually freezing cold outside. And I was, but not with a fire, but pit. not with the fire pit. Nice. I had myself a blazing little fire going and, and I can't tell you just there, there's something about a fire that relaxes me. And so I really enjoyed that time last night and, and it was just amazing. I just sat there and I looked into the fire and, and it was, a it was like a, it was almost a, like a time of quiet meditation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Cool. So anyway, that, I just wanted to share. That's something that was but exciting you know what, you to know me. The, the other thing I really love about wintertime is nighttime, just like you're talking about. Nighttime in the morning, early mornings, because you don't have all of the like cricket noises and, and stuff like that. It is it is literally just pure silence. Except if you live where I am, and then it's just the sounds of airplanes, airplanes going over there. That's true. Warming their engines. That's true. But I, you know, it's one of those things where I just I love it. I love it when it's just like pure silence. Yeah. You know, you might hear, you know, a car drive by or whatever else, but it's the closest thing you can get to just pure silence. And that's the reason I don't like summertime because, I mean, you get used to it and you just round out all the, the noise, basically, of crickets and frogs and whatever else. But I love the wintertime because it's just, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. And the sounds it. of silence. I like it a lot. Are you a big Simon and Garbfunkel fan? Garb- Garbfunkel? Garbfunkel. <laughs> no, not really. Really? I am. I, I love old Simon and Garbfunkel stuff. Yeah, I grew up uh, not listening to them. So. Yeah, that's right. About the, earliest, about the earliest I had was like uh, Daryl Hall and Oates. Oh, my gosh. So that's, you know, Olivia Newton-John. Let's get physical. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Was there exercising <laughs> on the front of the CD? <laughs> Right. I didn't even know what that meant, but I was like, I like this song, Mom. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a, a robosizing stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Aerobics. That's what I thought, too. You know, my brother was like, man, she's hot. I was like, what are, <laughs> what you, are you talking, talking about? about? Yep. Weird. Yep. Yeah. Uh, too funny. So anyway, <laughs> she's a man eater. She's a man eater. I actually someone asked me. Someone actually asked me to play the music for their wedding. And uh, and so I was like, sure. And they're like, we just want a bunch of 80s songs. I was like, cool, that's great. Okay. So I played She's a Man Eater and I dedicated it <laughs> to, to the groom. And no one knew it. They didn't even know what the song was. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so classic for a wedding dance. Yeah. No one's even getting Those it. young people, they just don't know how to appreciate good music. Your kiss is on my lip. Oh man, you guys are making me walk down memory lane. <laughs> we should just do like a whole 80s reunion. What about ELO? Did you ever listen to Electric Light Orchestra? Yeah. Send it yeah. on Express. <laughs> Send it back to me. Uh, so anyway, folks, this is the <laughs> podcast where we talk about real faith. <laughs> and, and, and and real life. Yeah. It's, People, it, faith yeah, stuff. stuff. That, you know, it's, it's the whole, you know, just investigating our thoughts, our feelings, our approach to Christianity, how it's ever evolving in what we understand, and then all the things that we thought we understood, we understand that we didn't understood them at all. We didn't understood them at all? Uh, yeah. You almost had it there. I, I really was almost <laughs> on a roll. That's funny. So anyway. So we, is there any topics that you're like 
burning like your heart is well i don't have anything that's burning but i'll tell you you know tess sent in a wonderful voicemail which we'll get to okay, cool. in a little bit i don't know if we should start off with the voicemail and let it lead us into some conversations that's cool because i think it will and and i'm not sure if all the things that are coming to my mind as far as things to com- have conversations about aren't kind of rolling around in my head because i already know the content of the voicemail Oh, okay. So you know, some I you know I, I let's go ahead and start off with a voicemail because because cool. she brings up some interesting things for us to s- discuss, such as uh, I think she's talked about church authority, or I may have seen that somewhere else. I know she talks about biblical authority and sure. and stuff. So uh, let's play the voicemail. Okay. All cool. right. So let's do that first. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's let's play another voicemail from Josh because I don't remember what he had to say, but he used his fancy iTalk application or iRecorder Pro or something oh, okay. to send us some voice feedback, feedback from his iPhone. Here you go. Hey, Cliff. This is Josh uh, from Gainesville, Georgia. Gainesville JT in the forums and a Plus member. And Woo-hoo! I just love what you guys are doing over at GSPN. Listen to all your podcasts all the time. And I just had a couple questions for the About the Church podcast. My first question is just a real quick one. I was just curious if you guys knew of any really good online uh, daily devotional websites. Um, I've been looking for a while. really can't find a good one. Maybe maybe you guys have uh, some suggestions. Okay, let's stop there. Uh, Thank you, first off, Josh, for calling in, and uh, especially thank you for being a Plus member. And for those of you who are listening, you don't know what Plus membership is. It is basically what allows my wife and I to uh, devote our full-time attention to podcasting uh, here at gspn.tv. And so uh, we would certainly encourage you to go to gspn.tv slash plus and at least read a little bit more about it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so so DG online almost or daily devotionals. You have any suggestions? You you shared something with me a long time ago. Yeah, I, the there's I, I'm a big. I think I'm. I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a closet a closet Catholic. I think <laughs> when you it are. comes to like liturgy and stuff like You're that. As far as closet like Jesuit, there you go. But I, I really and I'm really getting into to attempting to pray the hours. At the very least, at the very least, to pray the morning and evening prayers, and um, and so just the online stuff that I know of, really quick. Uh, the first thing th- is, is if you want to just be reminded uh, to pray the hours every single day, there is a uh, there's a Twitter uh, thing called Twittergy that I would encourage you just to follow on Twitter, and it's T W I T U R G Y, and uh, and it literally just sends out a Twitter on you know for each one of the hours. To remind you to pray, and it sends you a link to a website, to a blog, actually, uh, and it actually has the full scripture there, but also a few um, like church fathers kind of uh, mm-hmm. responses to different things and stuff like that. So, like, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the current one out there right now says it's Terrace, and uh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And it actually has a link, and you go follow the link uh, on Twitter, and it'll actually do that. So it's really cool if you want to pray the hours. The other thing that I suggest that I've mentioned before in the past uh, is the breviary.com. That's T H E B R E V I A R Y.com. Okay. And the breviary.com is literally meant to be just morning and evening prayers. And it has it and it changes every single day. Sometimes they get a little bit of a hiccup and they mess up a little bit. Uh, but the, uh, it looks like it's correct right now. Um, and so it's, and then you can even leave comments if you wanted to there. Uh, based on that, but you can buy that little, you can buy that book, uh, or you can just be able to check it out online. 
So those are two things that I personally use, but uh, I don't know. Do you have any other ones that are that are more kind of typical kind of? Well, you know, I, it's funny thing is, is, is being as online as I am when it comes to devotional time, I tend to not do those kind of things online myself uh, due to the fact that I get so easily distracted with 15 other tabs and programs running in the background. <laughs> um, so I typically turn to uh, actual print, if you can believe that devotionals well, sure. and also i like uh, devotional bibles and i'll tell you something i really love is my expositor's bible uh which is the expositor's uh bible commentary and it basically is it, it's 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 basically novels of the entire text of the bible with like maybe one eighth of the page is is scripture and the rest of the page is like just tons of different people's commentary. Inter- in, yeah, commentary on on the context and, and original language versus you know all the other stuff, and it's just really awesome. So we've asked the chat room they they suggest uh, looking at dailyaudiobible dot com, which I think would be very cool. Um, the, now, wh- which one was the devotional where? Gosh, pray at pray hyphen as hyphen you hyphen go. Have you seen that one? I have not. Okay, that that one I really enjoy. Pray as you go dot com. Let me see if this is it. Yes, this is uh, from Jesuit Media Initiatives, and it's actually here. Here's the web address. It is uh, www.pray-as-you hyphen go dot o-r-g and uh, let me just give you a, a, a sample of what it sounds like uh this is what is today's date um, so today is what the 11th, 11th. Yeah. so t- take a listen to this just for a second it's pulling up right now today is tuesday the 11th of november in the 32nd week of ordinary time What are you laughing at? Just the bills went a little long. <laughs> they did go a little long, but it's to get you in. It's, the, to, it's to get you in the mood. Bells and smells nice, Ken. And this is when you light an incense stick, and you can man, you can just be there. The choir of Westminster Cathedral sing the Sanctus from Palestrina's Misa Brevis. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. What is God's glory if it is not God's presence and God's grace made known? A busy train or bus or tube might not be the first place you'd think of looking for the glory of God. But looking around you, at yourself and at your fellow travellers, in these people, in these faces, can you make it out? Can you recognise God's presence here? So anyway, and then it would play the music, and then you get into let me uh, piety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior 
Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own, who are zealous for good deeds. So anyway, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and, and it it really does. If if you can find a way to just get away, right, and, how and long are they? They're approximately ten minutes. Oh, that's good timing. And the you know, speaks of the action of God in the world. And, and I love it because there there's this theme. There's you know, it always opens with the bells and ends with the bells. Cool. But but it but it they always have a different either monks or you know whatever singing at the front. Right. And it's always a different song. And then they have, you know, just setting the tone for what they're going to talk about, the theme for the day. Then after the music, then they go into a scripture reference. They, they, they read the scripture reference. Then they, they do a, um, you know, like a, a, a homily, I guess they call it, or you talk, they talk about how this is applicable. They ask you to think about it this way. And when you hear these words, how do you feel about it? Now listen to it again. And this time when you listen to the scripture, Think about it from this perspective. How would you feel if you heard this? and Or if you were this person, how would you take this? And then they read the scripture again, and then they close it out. It, it's really good. I enjoy it. Awesome. I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but it's something that, now that I think about it, it's it's something that I probably want to do again. So it's it's the whole prayasyougo.org. Only put hyphens in between each word. Nice. and. uh and, That's I, it. and I'm just going to throw out really quick to the commentary said that it's really it's not real thick commentary. It's just a good it's I, and I read it for a long time for as my devotional. Any of the commentary books um, that are it's for everyone, but it's the N.T. Wright or the Tom Wright. Actually, I can't remember. He, he goes by both names, but I think it's the Tom Wright. And it's like Matthew for everyone or Luke for everyone or okay. Acts for everyone or whatever else. And so. Um, those are really great to just simple, easy reads. I also really loved when I was actually in seminary um, and a little bit before seminary, Ken Geyer, G-I-R-E, is a phenomenal writer. I think he's so much better than, um, who's the guy that everybody loves? Um, God, I forgot his name. Oh, man. Anyway, he's better than him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better than that guy. Better than that guy. But he really, he just, he basically, he reads a piece of scripture and then he writes in a way that, I mean, it just puts you there. I mean, right. it just, he's so descriptive and so good of an author. It just puts you there. But anyway, the book is Moments with the Savior, A Devotional Life of Christ. And that's a, just a, you know, great, this is all, of course, books, not online, I realize, right. but but we're just throwing some stuff out there for everybody. Too. Yeah, and Professor Allen, when I was playing the uh, Pray As You Go stuff, um, he says that's one thing. And then, of course, something similar to that is a is a podcast called Pray Station Portable, which is uh, from our good friend or from my good friends over at GS or over at SQPN <laughs> SQPN dot com. Uh, I have not yet listened to Pray Station Portable myself, but uh, you can find it over at um, sqpn.com and and you'll find it in in their show notes and stuff or in their site and let's see here so basically those are just some options and i recognize you know there there are a whole lot more and what we'd like to do is for those of you who are listening to this after the fact please give us a call on our listener line and tell us about some of your favorite online devotional stuff because i know there's a lot of it out there oh tons yeah. and so uh if you know of any online any applications for the iphone for devotionals anything like that at all 
Um, oh, you know what? Our Daily Bread uh, has to have something online. As a matter of fact, I'm positive they do. So let me just look that one up because that I love Our Daily Bread. Are you familiar with that? I'm, I mean, <laughs> I've heard that phrase, of course, several no, million they, times. But, by the way, someone says, hey, why don't you mention your own about yeah, <laughs> Almost yeah. Daily Devotional? Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. But uh, Our Daily Bread is a wonderful free booklet put out by what it's called RBC Ministries. And uh, I'm going to see if I can find it. It's um, RCB or no, rbc.org. And uh, if you go there, you can click on devotionals and then it'll have Our Daily Bread. And of course, there is the ability to listen to it and download it and all that other stuff. I, I highly recommend this. I, this is something that I I listen to and read quite often. I actually get the actual physical edition of it. So very good devotional. And, of course, you could always go to almostdailydevotional.com. There you go. Almostdailydevotional.com, which is my daily devotional. It, it's where whenever I get the opportunity to um, just be inspired by something that God's laying on my heart, uh, and recently what I've decided to do, and I don't know how long I'm going to continue on this route, but I'm rereading the book of Luke from the New Living Translation uh-huh. and re- just re, you know, a lot of things that a lot of things in my mind has changed about the way that I approach faith, the way that I approach my relationship with Christ directly, the re- the way that I re- approach relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things have been changed in my mind since the last time I read through one of fully stri- read straight through one of the gospels. And so I'm rereading the book That's of cool. Luke uh, from the new living translation to see if there's like anything that just really confirms, affirm, you know, affirms some of these new ways of, of seeing things and see if there's anything that's revealed to me that, that maybe seemed hidden before. Cool. And so uh, that, and that's pretty much what I'm sharing. And in you're the reading almost, it like, you're almost reading it like a book, not yes. just like only one chapter. Or something no, like that. Yeah. I'm just, like a book. I'm just reading it. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm sharing my I'm, thoughts. I'm really happy. You're doing that. Yep. <laughs> well, and then we got two or three other things, suggestions online in the, in the chat room here. Yep. One of them is um, myutmost.org, which is Oswald Chambers. He, he, mo- he wrote a book, a, a devotional series called My Utmost for Its Highest. Right. Classic. Awesome. And if anything, that's what I was reading in college. And man, that thing every single day just kicked my butt around. <laughs> I mean, it was just really open and honest, and it made me deal with a lot of stuff. But it's good. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Uh, so don't forget myutmost.org, which is Oswald Chambers. And thanks, uh, Ken, for that one. And then also, uh, RC has basically said 22words.com, all spelled out on all words. Uh, if you go there, that's uh, John Piper's son who writes a blog and things like that. And he actually... Uh, provide something like that too so very cool so there you go and again and again we do want to encourage those who are listening via the podcast please give us a call and, yeah. and let us know what you're thinking because the, the, i think that's an excellent question right. and and one that uh you know these days trying to yeah. to to make time throughout the day and and i encourage i don't you know i encourage something a little bit different than what i've always been encouraged myself to do you know i've always been taught that the best thing you can do is to wake up and spend three hours with god in the morning you know, and wow. I mean, I know it seems a little extreme <laughs> or maybe just they still, hey man, if you got the time to do that, go for it. But, you know, yeah. the only people that have that that I know of are 
Our monks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but the thing is, is but that- if they did want to give us a call, they could call 859-795-4067. That's right. And that That's number one more time is 859-795-4067. Right. And so what I think is, you know, if you're, you spend some time with God in the morning, I certainly encourage that. And, and then, you know, if you're, if you're on the tube, Okay. Which is a, is the train in London? If you if you happen to be on on if the, you minded the gap before you get on, but if you what if you mind the gap, okay, that's the never mind. All right, <laughs> is that like the gap between the train and yeah, the track? Yeah, okay, it always okay. says mind the gap. It's oh, see, I haven't been to London. I haven't either, but I just know that's the that's the big thing. Gotcha. Anyway, sorry. Right, so anyway. <laughs> Not a big deal. I'm moving right along. No doubt. Uh, so, you're looking for it. I know you're looking no. for it. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, thanks so much for that great voicemail. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, we, we like that, little tiny short ones like that. It's well, just it's not done yet. That's and, the thing. Oh, he's still going. Yeah, oh, gosh. Oh, my yeah, bad, dude. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he's still, it's still short. It's still only a minute and a half. All right. We'll keep going. Here we go. And my second question is, it's kind of a dark question, but <gasps> it's something I've always heard growing up in church. <laughs> and I just wanted to know. Um, where you guys stand on it, what you believe. Um, it's the topic of uh, suicide. I've always heard that if someone commits suicide, even if they're saved, if, they've, if they have accepted Jesus as their Savior, they'll automatically go to hell. But I have never heard or seen in the Bible anywhere that says that. Maybe I you know, just haven't seen it, but... I don't know what I think about that, and I've always been taught that you know you automatically, you know, are sent to hell if you commit suicide. So I was just wanting to know what you guys thought of that, and uh, look forward to hearing that. But just keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Josh, thank you so much, and and we really do enjoy your your feedback and your voicemails, and the more we get of them, the better. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I just want to go crawl into a ball. Sit in the dark somewhere because it was such a dark question. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just let's go ahead and talk about this. Um, I just posted something in the forum, which is a link to uh, my old blog that I used to do, and it's called Ravenscraft.org. And if you do um, all hyphens here, but slash traffic hyphen tragic hyphen loss hyphen gods hyphen peace. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Ravenscraft.org. Tragic loss, God's peace. Um, I I dealt with this question before uh, a, a dear friend of mine uh, committed suicide. Okay. And uh, you know what? I always was approached, and I don't know where it came from, and and I don't know if it was is was my education in the Catholic school system that that really got me to thinking about this. Mm-hmm. That if you commit suicide, oh, you don't have time to commit. You don't have time to um, to confess your sins, oh. you know, and, and that, hmm. that sometimes I, I was, I think I was talked about, you know, the fact that, um, you know, that, that for each sin that you commit, you must, you must ask for forgiveness of, you must go to confession or whatever. Or, or and I thought, well, you know, if you commit suicide, you don't have time to do that. And then there was, so the, then, you, then you're going to purgatory. It's an automatic purgatory ticket. Or, or, purgatory or hell one or one or the other and um and of course (laughs) i'm I'm even being more nice there oh you get to go to purgatory but again so (laughs) work it out (laughs) so the thing is and of course then there is the catholics teaching on mortal sins and meaning ones that are you know pretty much 
they're automatic you know this you do this you do and and this equals the consequence um i personally now he josh didn't ask you know us to answer what does happen to somebody who commits suicide which i'm glad he didn't ask that yeah sure because i mean the answer would be we don't know (laughs) that is exactly the answer (laughs) however i want to say after after having having looked into this even before it became a something that I was personally interested in knowing an answer right away. I had already investigated this, you know, with some other friends of mine who had dealt with uh, the loss of somebody close. And then by the time it happened to me personally, losing somebody that I just, you know, literally you could see that something like this was very possible. And then when it did finally occur, it was, it was extremely tragic. Um, And, and I just want to say, that my personal opinion is that no, and, and again, I stress this right here, right now, I, my personal opinion is no, it's not an automatic ticket to hell. Um, and the reason why I say that is because um, I, I think that, number one, that uh, you know, once somebody is a believer in Christ and they have a relationship with Christ, there, there is talk of the fact that you, at that moment in time, gain eternal life. All right? And so if that's the case, then you have a relationship with Christ. There is other scripture in the Bible that simply says that when, you, when, you, when Christ died on the cross, he died for our sins, not just in the past, but he died for our sins once and for all. And, and so it, basically all of our sins covered, past, present, future, sins covered by the blood of Christ and in that sacrifice. Um, And so I, I, there's some of that that is, that's basically leaking into my, my uh, way of thinking about this topic. And then if we take that and, and, and basically, and and I'm not even going the whole eternal salvation kind of route, although I, I probably lean a little bit more on that end than some of uh, my other friends, but um the, the, even even if you believe that blasphemy could and or not blasphemy but uh, apostasy is possible and and stuff like that, it, it, I don't think suicide equals apostasy. Which apostasy is basically described as somebody who has knowingly accepted the you know and understands fully and comprehends who God is, what's offered, and and outright rejects it. Right, sure, sure. And and it, by, there is scripture that says anybody who's done that and then turns away from God, it is impossible for them to enter the kingdom of heaven. That That is a scripture reference that, you know, that, that's a whole nother podcast that, you know, you know. Who, we might want to find that, though. I mean, I'd like to, you okay. know what I'm saying, like, like later on or whatever else. Yeah. It'd be nice to, but yeah. but th- this obviously is not apostasy. This, this, this is the act of committing suicide. And so... My my feeling is that if you have a relationship with Christ and you have received salvation through Christ's sacrifice and you've accepted that, there is, in my mind, the possibility that one could be saved and commit suicide and still enter the kingdom of heaven. And and here's the thing I do know. And, and now I will tell you that as an insurance agent, one who sold life insurance, um, there is a thing called a suicide clause. Okay. And you may, and it may shock some people to know that uh, suicide is a covered loss on a life insurance policy. However, you have to look there, there is a clause in your, in your life insurance policy that states 
that and in most in most states in the United States it's it's two years. Uh, but don't take my word for it, anybody. Sure, sure. But you need to look it up. But uh, most cases, it's two years. There's a two year suicide clause, and um, and and the the question people, you know, I would you, often, that, when you say two years, I mean no one gets any money except two years after the. After no, the it, it, if you commit to if you commit suicide within two years of purchasing the policy, oh, oh you d- okay, it, it's okay. not covered. Oh, it's covered you. after two years. So it's basically it, it's to avoid people getting a life insurance before they're ready to knock themselves off. Right, right. Is is what it's as a super desperate means to support their family or whatever else. Exactly, and uh, and and of course, I always made it a point to have this conversation with clients. Uh, whenever I sold them a policy and especially those people who have had a policy for the last eight years and all of a sudden they want to rewrite their policy. And I always had to explain, you do understand that when we rewrite this to a new policy at this higher amount, it restarts the suicide clause. It's like, what do you think I'm going to do? I like, I, I, I don't think clarify it, yeah. I just want to make sure that you understand this. Right. And, and it, what, what I found most interesting is how people were just absolutely shocked that a life insurance would even cover that. It's it's like, for example, if if in a life insurance policy, if you were to rob a bank, you you break into a bank, armed robbery, got a gun in your hand, and and a and a security guard shoots you and you die, not covered on your life insurance policy. Wow. So it, it so people are really shocked to understand that suicide is covered, and the reason why I believe that is is some of the same reason why I'm going to associate it back to relationship with Christ. I have known people who have been extremely depressed and, and, and sure. especially in, in the area of clients I cannot, it, sometimes it got downright depressing the number of suicides that I've actually been personally touched by as, mm-hmm. as a result of being an insurance agent over imagine. 12 years. It's, it's just crazy. But, um, the thing is, is people who are depressed they oftentimes will go to the doctor and the doctor gives them these medications. And I have seen a lot of my friends personally who have gone to these doctors and gotten these different various mind altering drugs that, that really do change the chemical makeup of how your brain processes things. And, and even if you watch the, the television, you see the ads for depression medication. It says in rare occasions, this, you know, this does produce uh, this. And if you uh, have increased thoughts of suicide, please notify your doctor. immediately. Sure. And, and the thing is, is I've seen some people who seemingly had their mind straight and, and all together. And then all of a sudden go on these medications. And it really seemed to change their process to, to process their thought process in how they process reality and and how they feel as far as whether they're alone or paranoid or some other things and it and really all of a sudden it 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 takes away they it's almost as though they lose the ability to rational to have rational thoughts sure and sure. i believe that if the, there comes to be a point in time where there's something that just you're not able to think the way that you ought to be thinking that I don't think God says, you know, hey, you straight to hell with you because you took that medication and it, you lost your ability to rationally sure. comprehend how to get out of this situation that you're in. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. Right, now, is that a biblical answer? Absolutely not. Well, it, whatever. It, it, it's my it's my interpretation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's it's my interpretation into what how I feel about it. And uh, I did post the link into the chat room. And you can you can share you can read in in my blog um, 
you know, and if anybody's listening to this via the podcast, just send me an email and I'll send you a link to, to that blog entry that of, uh, when it, when a very close friend of mine had committed suicide, a very close friend. Right. And it, it was a very tragic time. But at that time it it was clear to me, absolutely clear to me that he, he had a relationship with Christ and that there was, there's no doubt in my mind of that. And at the sure. same time, there was no doubt in my mind, uh, of where he's going to rest in eternity. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, my, my answer is anyone who tells you that they know <laughs> is, is making a huge commentary. And I think they're making a huge assumption of who God is, uh, honestly. And, um, and I don't want to be the one that makes that assumption of God. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my response is I believe that I have a God that who's, 90% desire is to be in relationship with us. And, um, and that includes a relationship in this life here, as well as in whatever is the icing on top of the cake later on. And, um, and so, you know, my response is just, you know, I can't tell you yes or no, but I can't tell you yes or no for anyone, even Billy Graham. I have no idea, you know, right. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, what someone's relationship with God is. But I do know that I serve a God that has summed himself up as love. <laughs> um, God is love. And, I, you know, and ultimately um, I have a hard time thinking that if, if God is ultimately um, can be summed up in this concept that we have of as love and it's agape love. I mean, just pure selfless love um, that, you know, I don't see, I don't see too many things <laughs> happening, but he does, he does work with covenants and, and within those covenants, he says, I, I, you know, I want you to desire to be with me as well. And, um, and so a lot of people would say, well, by doing, by, by doing suicide, what you're telling God, uh, and everyone else is, you know, forget it. I don't, you know, I'm going to be the controller of my life, not you or whatever else. Uh, which, you know, which is where I, I think a lot of people come down to it. Oh, it's an ultimate act of selfishness by you putting your life in your own hands and, and deciding what you're going to do with it. Uh, of course, I know a lot of people that do that with work and, <laughs> and with everything. It's not just, you know, the the breath, you know, and, and, and life itself. But, um, but as far as if it is an unforgivable sin or something else like that, that's God's choice. It's not ours. And we can read as much as we want in the Bible, but ultimately it's going to be a God decision. So um, I'm not going to be the one that's going to do that. All I'm going to do is love you in the midst of that and love your friends and family after that After that fact uh, and just literally put everything in God's hands, which is really, really difficult. Right. I mean, I just, you know, I can't express it. And, you know, of course, I've dealt with uh, suicide uh, with youth and youth groups with Tiffany being the youth pastor and all kinds of stuff. I mean, so... Uh, we've been right there in the midst of all that. Uh, but I think the most important thing that we can do um, is to love everyone around that and you know, to, to be able to, to be able to help people through the midst of, of, you know, your, your world, whether you realize it or not, especially if it's a youth suicide, your world just became gray, right? You, all of your black and whiteness that you've been living by and you've been yelling at other people or you've been praising the mountaintops has just become gray. And it's and and you're going to have to get to live into that gray, yeah. And find out where God is in the midst of that, and what your relationship with God looks like in the midst of that, and what your relationship with everybody else around you looks like. Um, so it's it is it is a horrible horrible thing in my mind, 
because l- life is beautiful. And I really do believe that even yeah. in the midst of a life that um, other people would consider torturous. I know of so many people that has have had faith in the midst of torture, uh, in the midst of a horrible, horrible life that has said, you know, even though it was torturous, I still got to be able to know that my soul was still healthy and, and you know, my, you know, my spirit was still good. Right. So anyway, it's a, you know, it's a, there is no definite answer. If you're looking for that, then right, man, you're going to be having a long search for your life. Right. <laughs> looking right. For that answer. But I think the, the best answer is to say, no matter what the issue is, um, whether it's murder that the people have been talking to in the chat room or if it's suicide or whatever else, man, just love what, everyone around. Yeah, that, that, that is a good thing to bring up into the conversation. You, you look at, look at murder. I mean, isn't that what suicide is? Well, that's what they're saying. And so, <laughs> and and do we have examples in the Bible where somebody had committed murder and at the same time seemed to have a relationship with God and do mighty wondrous things after the fact? Uh, I, two people come to mind immediately. One being Moses, uh, who had killed an Egyptian when it was obviously not his, that was not the way that God had intended it for him to free his people. <laughs> Uh, and and then there was King David, the guy who murdered the husband of uh, who murdered Uriah, uh, or at least had somebody else do it for him. He put out the call on his life. So, right, and and of course the big one with suicide is is Judas. Um, yeah, you know that's the that's, that's the largest one of of everything that we see at least in the Bible, and and a lot of people want to want to hate on Judas. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of people that want to hate on Judas, but. Um, but there's also a theory that's out there that says Judas was actually following Christ, that uh, he was a Sakari, which is uh, a dagger people. And that was like the zealots of the zealots. Does that make sense? Like a super zealot. <laughs> and they honestly believed that if they could just cause a war to occur between the, the Jewish people and the Roman government, that God would be forced to come and be uh, and be the God that they all know that he is, and he would wipe out the Roman government, and they would be the kingdom again. Hmm. They would be the Israelites. And that's what their belief was. And so a lot of people think that Ascariot, uh, which sounds, you know, is a little bit like a dagger, you know, name or thought, could have been, he could have been one of these, um, one of these dagger people, and uh, which is really crazy to think. And a lot of people think that, but and they say, well, he was filled with Satan. I'm like, yeah, well, you think you're doing a lot of good stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> it could be doing really bad stuff. But then they explain that by saying he kissed Jesus. I mean, he by saying, "Lord, I've, I've set it all up for you. Let's go kick butt." You know, let's let's go be who God wants us to be. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they had weapons in the in the garden, and I mean, there's 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 quite a bit of uh, backing up proof. But that's just a theory, of course. Sure, it's a cool theory to be able to talk about it and to bring it about. And, well, you, and and how many people you don't hear this in your typical Sunday school class? No, you know you when you're eight not. years old. That's exactly right. So, you did not hear that at all. And you know, and then he took the money back, and you know, and, and then he committed suicide. I mean, all these things are saying, oh, I'm feeling remorse, and maybe what I did was not what I was supposed to do and stuff like that. So anyway, there's yeah. this cool theory. I tell you what, man, I, I'm just glancing at the chat room and it it's is going to my, town. my gosh. I, we've, <laughs> we've had people in the chat room have some conversations before, but wow. I mean, there's a whole, whole different thing happening. In, in yeah, and we're not on the front page of history. I know. <laughs> All right, let's, Funny. let's move on to Tessa's email. She, she should take us to the end of this show. 
Uh, oh my gosh, she's going to take us to like four or five shows later. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> we love Tess. Here, here, here's her voicemail, and we'll probably pause it through certain sections here. Hi, Cliff and DG. Tess here from London, England, calling for the About the Church podcast. I've been listening avidly to every podcast since my last feedback and wanted to contribute almost every week, but it does take time to think through and record my thoughts concisely. And in any case, you've been doing such a good job in tackling the issues that there really hasn't been all that much need for me to interrupt. I found the similarities and contrasts between your two perspectives to be fascinating and very helpful. It's like having stereo vision. Suddenly you can see things in three dimensions instead of two. Previously unquestioned beliefs can become understood at a much deeper level and from these understandings I think real grace and compassion can emerge. I hope I don't offend or misrepresent either of you if I contrast Cliff's liking for clear biblical rules to live by with DG's apparent greater acceptance of ambiguity and spiritual uncertainty. It's clear that some people really like biblical truth to be absolutely clear and unchanging and enjoy having that clarity in their own lives, while others feel that rigid interpretations could sometimes be misunderstood or their context mistaken, potentially leading to harshness and unkindness instead of compassion and mercy. My favourite Bible passage, for example, is Matthew 9 verses 10 to 13, which is where the Pharisees criticised Jesus for eating with tax collectors and sinners. Go and learn what this means, Jesus says. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It's probably clear from that that I'm much more comfortable seeing Christianity as all grace and mercy rather than the rigid set of rules to live by that many seem to enjoy and find comfort in. Did you want to add something to that? Oh, no, I'm just saying, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I don't like the (laughs) rigidity as well. What what do you think? Well, let's go a little bit further and uh, and, and then we'll... she, She actually gets to the point where she asks a question. I feel that I share many of the traits that DG's mentioned about his own perspective, such as being relatively unmoved by so-called fire insurance religion when compared to social justice issues of greed and poverty, as well as personal development and discipleship in the here and now, and community with loving friends and neighbours. But that's not to say I think the fans of Hellfire preaching and saving souls are bad or wrong. It just doesn't move me. I guess I just don't believe that it's that black and white. Ultimately, I think it does come down to how much of the Bible we believe is absolutely true, how much we think is mostly true but with its meaning lost in translation, and how much we think was directed at a particular context in time and place. In other words, how much authority do we place in the Bible as it's come down to us, and how easily do we let ourselves overrule scripture in our own mind in favour of our own understanding of compassion and mercy? Okay, so... Wow. Tess, I'll tell you what. I want to say I love the way that you have so clearly thought about and communicated your 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 feelings and thoughts so far and 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 so far i'm i'm all on board um and i and i love the fact that that she asked this as a question uh she says ultimately i think it does come down to how much of the bible we believe is absolutely true how much we think is mostly true but uh, but with its meaning lost in translation and how much we think was directed at a particular context in time and space in other words, how much authority do we place in the Bible as it has come to us? Uh, and how easily do we let ourselves overrule scripture in our mind in favor of our own understanding of compassion and mercy? You know what? I, I definitely come from a line of thinking that the Bible is 100% the word of God and that nothing should be added or taken away as as revealed in, in Revelation. At least that Revelation is of you know that was handed to John no word should be taken you know away or added to it um all all scripture is god breathed 
useful re- for the rebuking and teaching of God of, of God's people. Second Timothy three sixteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so and honestly, how, when that was written, it's probably talking about the Old Testament. Okay. <laughs> because right. there was no canon for the New Testament at the exactly. time. <laughs> and all the people are like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So so what what is your feeling on biblical absolute authority of the scriptures, DG? Well, I, I think uh, really quick, I want to I want to throw out one, and this is another N.T. Wright thing, but N.T. Wright wrote a book called "The Last Word: Beyond the Bible Wars to a New Understanding of the Authority of Scripture." Okay, and uh, so that's a great book to be able to read about this. Uh, but ultimately, the issue is authority of Scripture. You know, is this truly um, the hands down authority of God? Period is found right here in this book, and. Um, and 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 that's it's a huge challenge because if it was or if it is, then why do we have fifteen million different ways of understanding this book? Okay, <laughs> it, does that make sense? I mean, everyone can say I completely believe in the complete unadulterated authority of Scripture; no word should be changed. But then, when you read all the words, you get seven different different ways of understanding what the words mean. Right. And so that's a huge, huge challenge. Okay. Uh, that I think that I don't think that Christianity really has, has done a good job of dealing with, honestly. Okay. Especially since all the uh, oh what's the the all the movie that came out a while back and he wrote um Angels and Demons. Not Angels uh, is it Is it Dan Brown? Dan Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole thing basically all Dan Brown was doing was defuting was was challenging the authority of scripture. Right. And and why was how was it canonized? Why was it canonized like that? What and the church is making decisions for me, and I want to make those decisions, which is a very postmodern question to be able to say. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that that is a huge, huge challenge. And um, and so I'm not going to give any answers. I'm not going to say anything about that. I personally believe that this that all of this truly was inspired by God. Okay. Um, and when you say all of this, you mean I mean Old the, New Testament. The, the canon of scripture as we have it today. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and all of that was inspired by God. Um, and so, but I do think that uh, you're going to get a flavor of different people's, uh, different people, people's personalities. Just for example, Luke was, you know, this, um, this uh, doctor. doctor. So you're going to get kind of a, uh, you know, that kind of a personality that would normally go after a doctor. And then you're going to have, you know, different other personalities that are written into that. And so, you know, I, th- I think that's an issue that, that people need to deal with, too. But I think a l- one of the largest issues is uh, which words are you talking about? Are you talking about the Greek and the Hebrew? Or are you talking about the King James? Or you, and that's, once again, uh, every translation is literally a, a commentary, whether people want to admit that or not. Right. Um, so with all of that said, I, I, I'm not going to give any other answers because I think people have to be, they have to wrestle with this. They really do. Um but I do believe that Jesus was a real person. I do believe that Jesus did come. I do believe personally that um, that uh, what would seem crazy to most people that he did die on a cross and he did defeat death by resurrection. And that I think that we can't ever forget that he ascended into heaven, that he's still alive. He didn't just die again. Right. And he wasn't resuscitated. I believe he really did die. Um, it was resurrection, not resuscitation uh, kinds of things. But uh, with all that said, uh, there are some parts in the Bible that uh, I don't I don't think that were meant to be taken completely literal. Um, I think they were a theological writing to be able to make a point. Some of it, was, right? Exactly. Okay. 
Like, for example, I mean, the, the, the biggest example for me is just kind of an obvious one. Uh, for me, would be Jonah and the Whale. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily have to think that that was an actual, you know, event that occurred, but it, it it's a beautiful, amazing story that explains who God is and explains uh, our tendency to be able to run away from God and to be able to say no and then to be able to say no, they don't deserve that and I don't want to do that or whatever else. Um. You, but a lot of people would would say, well, then you're not a Christian because you don't believe that that was. And they 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 basically throw the the faith guilt card. Yeah. If you don't have the faith enough to be able to believe this, then you're not. Then then how in the world can you believe in Jesus? And how can you believe, you know, in all these different other things? So it's you know, I, of course, I'm sure I'd be called a heretic by a lot of people as well. But anyway, that's that's those are all the challenges. And I, I, I'm going to leave this discussion for my part. Uh, with uh, Alan Hirsch, who who I've mentioned before in the podcast before, we actually heard him speak, and he was saying, "Isn't it amazing that we used to be called the people of Jesus, like the followers of this guy named Christ, a person, and then we were called the followers of the way, which was the teachings of Jesus." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then somewhere down the road, Muslims started calling us the people of the book, and he's and he said, and they really do think that. We find everything only in this book, not necessarily in the person that is written about in this book or the teachings, you know, that were of this person. But we are now called the people of the book. And I think there's a lot of people that are not satisfied with that label, you know, as as Christians. And so we're having to we're having to really deal with that stuff as a church. Yeah. A lot of people, they just want to hide in the corner and say, I'm not dealing with this the way it is. Boom. See that that is a dangerous place to be. Exactly, exactly. I think I we think, have to be open for discussion. I, yeah, and and, and Tess is going to bring something up in the in the second part of her voicemail here, and 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 there are some things that are more comfortable to wrestle with than others. But I oh, do, yeah, but but I think that definitely, you know, wrestling and finding out where you believe and why you believe, I, you know, that's one of the things that I just really have found that you know, hey. This is something that God has called us to do, to, to really pursue him, to pursue our understanding and not just blindly accept everything. But as far as what do I feel on, on Scripture, obviously I believe that Scripture is God-breathed and inspired. Uh, both the New and Old Testament. I believe that it was, I, you know, yes, was it a was it a group of folks that got together to decide what does go in and what doesn't go in? Yes, I believe that. But at, at, I believe that God inspired that process in the same way that he inspired the hands that wrote the original text. You right, know, right. if it, my my thing and it, and this is very very op- over oversimplified, but if if God I've heard uh, somebody else say this, if God intended for us to have a text in which he, people could understand greater who he is, what his purpose is, and wanted that text to be in existence for all time, then he can use whatever means he wants to to bring that text to being. Yeah, exactly. And I believe in my heart that that's what the Bible is. And so I do see it as an authority. But like DG said, and 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 I agree that there are some things that are not meant to be literal. Now, whether or not Jonah <laughs> is one of those, I don't know. I, I, my faith would not be shattered if Jonah actually physically was a man inside the belly of a whale. Right. Or if that was just a story to illustrate God's uh, ability to still accept us no matter how far we try to run away from him. Right. Okay. And the cool thing is, is 
is whether you believe that or not, you still allow this Bible, this book to have authority in your life. Mm hmm. And I think that's I think that's where a lot of people say, no, well, you're a hypocrite. You can't do that. And I'm, I'm saying I'm living into that. <laughs> I can be able to say this does have authority. Mm-hmm. And and yet I can be able to say that it also has authority in different genres of writing and, and stuff like that. Right. And so, yeah. And, and the the big one, the, the one that has recently been. Uh, you know, in just the last couple of years has really been something I wrestled with. And I still come down to the same argument that I just shared. Uh, you know, of course, years ago, I was never approached with anything in scripture that, that like questioned the, the literal translation as much as Job, you know, the story of Job. There, there's always been speculation. Is Job a story to illustrate a point or did those things literally happen? And again, I tell people, it, it's not so much, you know, it, whether it was written to be a story for us to learn from it, it was a, an illustration or if it was a literal thing that happened to a man named Job. Uh, either way, I see the value in of the story. I see the principles of the story and, and I see those as something that I ought to base my my own personal values and belief system around the, the things that are in the scripture in that area. Now, however, this thing that recently has come up, I've always been a seven-day young earth creationist Christian. It, it, I will, I confess that to you now, and that there are some people who hear that and it's like, oh no, not one of those guys. <laughs> There's Adam and Eve, and oh, look at the picture behind them. Isn't that a dinosaur back there? Yeah, I, I'll I'll share with you. I'm one of those crazy right wing nut jobs that believes the dinosaurs <laughs> walked with humans. I do believe that, and, and I'm I'm don't believe that. So that's that's and that's what I love I know, about us. I know. <laughs> I think well, that's what people appreciate about us, honestly, on the podcast. But too, you, know, so. but you want to know something, DG? If you don't believe that the Earth is around ten to twelve thousand years old, and if you don't believe that dinosaurs were created at the same time as all the other animals, and they, and and personally, myself, I believe there are two dinosaurs on that on that ark. I really do. Okay. Now, you know what happened to them afterwards. You know. I don't know. Matter of fact, there's. I think this Earth is big enough that there's probably some undiscovered places where you might still have a Jurassic Park somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, but I see. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm a total nut job, and, and I understand that. <laughs> but here's the deal: the Catholic Church states that in and in, and I've learned this through Father Roderick's daily breakfast because it comes up quite often. People are asking him, but the Catholic Church does not believe that the Bible ha- that the Genesis account of creation has to be inter- interpreted as a literal story of creation, and that is contrary to what I believe. But at the same time, if I were to say, okay, if I was, if I was. If I were to say, okay, maybe the creation account did not happen in seven 24-hour days, you know, and maybe, you know, that, you know, the creation that God is talking about happened over literally thousands of years or whatever, would that change my view on the Bible and its authority? Absolutely not. Right. right, right. All that's changed is my interpretation of what I understand from this Bible. Sure. And here's the thing. You know, the, the, I don't believe the Bible stands on its own in its authority because the Bible is literally, and for us, it is, it is literally paper with ink on it. Right. I believe what makes the, what 
gives the Bible its authority is not just the words alone, but it's the Holy Spirit who brings life to those words inside my heart. Right. Does that make sense? Well, sure, of course. I always love doing it. One of the things I always loved doing in seminary, (laughs) maybe because I like to shock people, I don't know, but one of the things I always loved doing was I would... um, I would take the Bible and I was, I really am a big, I'm a big time old and new Testament should be read together. This is one big meta narrative kind of thing. And I would always take that one page that said new Testament and I would rip it out in front of everybody. And, and all these people, you know, and whispers and silence. But what, what they're, what I challenged with that, you know, I did two challenges, but one of the challenges I challenged was, no, that's holy stuff. You can't mess that sheet of paper up. I'm going, golly. Those are also the same people that look at our, like, look at Tony Oz Bible. It's just completely written in, underlined. I mean, we're just, when we're talking with God in, in, in written form, and they're like, how dare you disgrace the Bible that way? Yeah. I'm like, wow, well, okay. So anyway, keep going. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that, that that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, even though it's not popular among some, I will say that I go, to the Creation Museum that's right down the road here. And I will tell you that place really affirms. And uh, what's the word I keep saying, using again? It um, People who validate my okay. beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go there and I find some validation in my own personal belief as the a creationist, as one who believes in a young earth and, and all of those things. I go there and I see some valid valid points that help back up what I believe in my heart to be true now. And and, and I, and I love that ministry and, 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 and I think they're doing a great thing at at the very least showing another possibility of way of looking at this scripture. And, and one that I happen to believe, you know, is, is I, I, this is what I believe now. um, Do I think that, however, here's what I have a real problem with is where somebody who says this is the way it's interpreted, this is the way it should be. However, if you don't believe in the young earth, if you don't believe in seven days of creation, then how can you ever say that you basically, they, and, and this is the one thing I have to argue against the Answers in Genesis Museum, the Creation Museum, is they do have this tendency to kind of allude to or sometimes just flat out say that if you take away the literal understanding of the of the book of Genesis, the opening of the book of Genesis, that is the foundation of Scripture. And if you take away and you let that erode and crumble, then you lose all of the gospel message. Right. And I don't agree with that. Right. You know, right. They, they would be the ones that would tell me that I'm not a Christian because I don't believe in the seven. I don't day. think they would I say think that. Some of them would. Yeah, some of them would believe that. So I, I, don't, I don't know if they'd say it to me, but I think some of them would believe it. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I, I think that they would. Uh, they would just tell you there's there's some fundamental problems with your thinking that it's okay to to think that you. But I. I, I really. I. I've because I, I. You know. I'm in this camp. Right. Right. But right. and I don't know anybody who would say those words that that would say that you're you're not a Christian. Uh, well, I've, but, I mean, I've run into those people, and I know those are the people that really love the museum. So that's the only reason I'm saying. Oh, okay. I said some. I'm not yeah, saying everybody. Okay. But but yeah, well, the thing is, you're always going to have some people out there that exactly that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, but but overall, I I, I think because I sh- you know I I live in this area where the the museum is and stuff like that. I even helped fight to get them into there and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, but the thing is, is that um, what I'm saying is that it's just unfair for 
for people to attack one way or the other. But at the same time, here DG has a different view than I do. Sure. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, now, can I be certain? We already talked about the fact that we can't be certain of any. DG could be some kind of, you know, poser. You know, <laughs> he's not really a Christian. He's just... He's just here to. I'm here to be devil's advocate. That's right. Or and but the thing is, I have no doubt in my mind. I from the fruit that I see in DG's life, I believe this man to be sure. a Christian, and and um, I know what I feel in my heart that I'm a believer in Christ and that I have a relationship with Christ. But DG and I have some very opposing views regarding some of our theology. Sure. And at the same time, what's amazing, though, is we both still agree that Scripture is God-inspired and has authority for our lives. Sure. So that that's a lot to say, but I think that kind of answers the questions that, that Tess is talking yeah. about. Sure. All right. And, and, you know, and Tess is dealing with issues that are, you know... <laughs> I mean, this is what they were dealing with when they were coming up when they were when they were creating the canon and yeah. And I mean, this is the stuff that they were dealing with at the early church. I mean, they were they were deciding at the early church. I mean, first second century, they're having to decide, hey, which one of these should we be reading on a regular basis, and which one should we not? Right? Should we be reading the Gospel of Thomas or the Gospel of Mary, or should we be reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke? And 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 those issues were already being formed out and once again you'll read that in the in the nt right book right he gives it he kind of gives an understanding of why they chose some of the things for the canon at least a now bit. now in the chat room there uh thomas is asking dg doesn't believe in a young earth and so we didn't clarify what what it is you agree or disagree with me on do you believe in a young earth ten thousand ten to twelve thousand years or are you okay with millions of years i'm okay with both <laughs> Okay. I once again I I believe that Genesis one and Genesis two were written as a theological uh, as a theological genre. It was never meant to explain how things were created. It was meant to explain why. Okay. And if you keep on explaining the how, then you're going to get it caught up in this useless <laughs> in this useless argument of how things were created. When in reality, God was trying to tell you why he created who he was and who you were. And see, I can accept. I I really believe that with every ounce of my heart. And I can totally accept that as a as a possibility. I just happen to believe in the literal. Right. So and and, but I I totally can see the theological part in the literal. Even in the midst of literal, you can see, wow, this is pretty amazing. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is when you start comparing our Genesis story, the Genesis story that we find Genesis one or two. When you start comparing that to other ancient Near Eastern texts, mm-hmm. uh, Numa Elish and uh, a Book of the Dead for the Egyptians and stuff like that, man, it is a huge slap in the face to a lot of these to a lot of these other creation stories, and it's just so radically beautiful and so radically different than so many of the other ones. It's awesome. Like one of them is like they they really believe that the sun is a god and the moon is a god. Mm-hmm. And then here in ours, it's like, ah, the greater light, the lesser light. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it is just a huge, huge statement to all the other creation stories at the time period. And, um, and I just, I, mean, I just love that. I love the fact that it was just this huge subversive, you know, <laughs> yeah, it radically changing the way people think about stuff and stuff like that. And, so. and as you can see, the, ch- the, the chat rooms even clearly divided on which, sure, wait, that's and, fine. but I, the thing is, I really do <laughs> believe to Christianity. Uh, exactly. <laughs> this is, this is why I believe that, 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 you know, we can have this dialogue and we don't have to sit there sure. and yell at each other no. and, and say, you're, you're going to burn in hell. Right. So yeah, it, my my relationship with Christ and your relationship with Christ, I believe, is not dependent 
on whether you believe how creation occurred. Well, I'll tell you what. We are one hour and seven minutes into oh, this. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, Tess, I'll tell you what. I told you Tess is going to take us into several. <laughs> I, I tell you. <laughs> Tess, we are going to take part two of your message next week in episode 57 of yeah. About the Church. Just That'd remind awesome. me two minutes and 15 seconds into her voicemail is where we'll pick up. Oh, gosh. You better write that down <laughs> I somewhere. Think, I think I'll have to write. <laughs> Let me just grab a pen here. Knowing Professor A, he will write it down and he will tell us next week. <laughs> yes. Somebody somebody in the chat room, please. Two minutes, 15 seconds in. That's where we'll pick up. But uh, we yeah. just want to say thank you guys for joining us. The chat room was just amazing today. Oh, I love you guys. I, oh, my gosh. I, that's I, awesome. You, can I just say that this, this is awesome because this chat room obviously has some people of different varying opinions. Sure. And you and I know each other. We have a relationship with one another and it makes it a lot easier for us to have disagreements in the way that we feel about certain (laughs) things and still continue to move on. But can I just tell you, it's not very often that I see what's happened in this chat room where people who don't know each other, who have very strong opinions on one side or the other. But even here, what we've seen is a a really nice um, discussion discussion rather than, you know, bashing each other it wasn't back a heated and forth. discussion it was a luke it was it was like a warm discussion. it was it, it was, was no flames it was it? like it's like the warming thing you put potpourri on you know it's not like a really heated discussion it was a tea, a, it was just a, just nice a little tea light candle yeah. <laughs> no no blow torches there was no flames i mean honestly that was really cool that was very cool and we appreciate i i personally i want to say thank you to everybody <laughs> you, you warm your butter in this one warm butter in your ear that is hilarious <laughs> I I just want to say thank you to the folks in the chat room because it means a lot to me that you guys would respect gspn.tv and the way that you know the in the community sure and, and right. so personal thank you to you and for those of you listening to podcasts we want your feedback we want your voicemail uh the phone number dg is 859-795-4067 you can always email us at feedback at gspn.tv and of course if people want to support what we're doing here the best way to do that is gspn.tv slash plus that's right become a plus member everybody you're going to actually put some food and Cliff's mouth. There you go. And his man. kids' mouths. That's even more. Yeah, it's more effective. His kids will starve without you. Please. Yeah, and become Cl- a plus member. I yeah, do it for the kids, people. That's right. <laughs> I could probably I could live off of my belly there for at like, least a gonna, couple weeks. We'll do like those uh, you know adopted child pictures of your yes. kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, GSPN.tv Plus. Until next time, join the community. Love y'all.